Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Monterulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Man, nobody wants to work. Nobody wants to work. Everyone's short-staffed. It's it's a nightmare. Um, so for the last you know few months, we've been reading out these Business Inside articles about all these uh, right-wing business owners that claim that nobody wants to work because uh, things are too good living on government assistance when you're a uh, a uh, former restaurant employee who's, you know, making uh, upwards of $1,500 a month, apparently, which is right. a thing that's never happened before. So I, uh, <laughs> the other the other day, I, you know, now that we're done with the chestnut harvest, I'm still up here in northern Michigan. I, I, there's a, a town about 17 miles away and, you know, biking there, getting something to eat and then biking back. It's a nice little way to spend the afternoon. There's a um, off street trail paved that goes all the way. Right. So it's a nice nice gentle relaxing ride and there's like one bar in particular they they got a garden burger i know it's there it's decent i usually get the same thing and i get there and it's just cold enough where like nobody's sitting outside right and i'm like well i'm i'll sit outside because i don't want to fucking wait for a table so i sit down and they have like a little uh like the hostess has a little stand there and like a sign that says please wait to be seated and there's this guy running back and forth from the restaurant to her, like just cussing her out, yelling at her, being like, don't let anyone else in. We're full. We're full. We're short staffed. Don't let anyone else in. And she kind of like, can't like people just keep showing up. And this right. bar has got two floors to it. It's like downstairs is a bar and there's a bunch of tables. They got a bunch of tables outside, but like I'm the only one sitting out there and they got a whole upstairs too. Right. And the place is fucking packed and more and more people keep showing up. And in the maybe 45 minutes I'm sitting there for my beer and burger, must have been at least 50 to 60 people showed up and were turned away. And wow. this this uh, girl's working the hostess uh, booth booth thing, whatever. Uh, it, she's, you know, she's like, well, you just, if you just come into the bar, you can come to the bar. So these two people go in. A uh, fucking guy comes out who I, I'm pretty sure is the owner of the restaurant at this point. He's like, what the fuck is that? I told you not to let anyone else in the fucking restaurant. We're fucking full. We're, we're short staffed. And I'm like, uh, no wonder you're short staffed if that's how you right. fucking talk to your employees. Right. Because you're a fucking cocksucker like yeah. who just screams at everybody. And who, of, you know. Yeah. And of course, because he owns a bar, he's like, he's, you know, like he can't dial himself down in front of customers. So he's starting right. to yell at customers too. Like, can you see the fucking <laughs> sign that, which says wait to be seated? And of course, his hair is like slicked back Pat Riley style. And his nose looks like it's swollen from, you know, decades of alcoholism, you know, like that right. kind of thing right and uh so i you know the, the woman who's waiting on me i'm the only person outside right and they they ended up closing all the outdoor seatings they didn't want to you know anyone else coming in and i had no idea how short staff they were because i'm not inside you know i didn't have to wait very long for my burger but you know i'm a one top so sometimes they bump that shit up uh on the line so you get it quicker and she came out she's like i'm so sorry it's taking so long i'm like oh it's it's, it's fine but i can tell that you know even though i hadn't seen the owner yell at her that if he's yelling at the hostess that much, I know he's yelling at every other person there. Right. And the customers, you know, he's yelling at everyone on that yeah. staff. The the poor people so that I got can, suckered into working for this idiot. Yeah. So I can tell that my my server, she is really stressed and she's like being overly apologetic to me when I haven't expressed any kind of impatience. So I know that she's like on edge because of oh she's get, getting yeah. yelled at by this fucking asshole restaurant owner. So, you know, like I, she's like, I, I just want to give you, you know, your check now. You don't have to hurry or, you know, get out of here. I'm just, I'm going to be inside rolling silverware because we're really, you know, whatever. 
And so when I paid, I hadn't touched my silverware. It's, you know, it's like wrapped up in a fucking paper napkin, a little ring around it, whatever. Right. And I'm like, hey, I didn't, I didn't use this. So you can just like add it back to, you know, the ones you're rolling. She's just like, thank you. It's <laughs> like, like, like she's a fucking hostage, right. you know? And I'm like, Jesus Christ. So I look at the bill and it's like 19 bucks. I got the, uh, you know, Gardenberger and the Edmund Fitzgerald Porter. <laughs> Which, nice. Yeah. Went in Rome. Right. And uh, so it's like 19 bucks and it says like, oh, you know, 20% gratuity, 375. I'm like, fuck that. So I left her 10 bucks on it. Right, and right. down down at the bottom, I wrote solidarity with the workers. So, you know, because those receipts, they all have to collect the other night and you, the fucking owner is going to see that shit on there. And probably piss right. off more. Chap his ass even more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, when I left, I I, uh, I said to the hostess, I was, I was like, is that, is that the owner? And she's like, like nods her head really short and quickly and like looks at him and like you know like afraid to talk to <laughs> right, afraid, him. Afraid, afraid yeah to i'm like off. what the fuck like and I, so i said to her i was like and he wonders why he's fucking short-staffed <laughs> right right and she would she say back nothing she was petrified of the guy right of course she was like fucking terrible <laughs> yeah right, I, I, right exactly i thought about like getting in his face and be like stop talking to your fucking employees like that but then i just like, he would just get madder and take it out on them and, right? and i guarantee you he fucking took a ppp loan and he's still bitching about you know being oh. short-staffed and no one yeah. wants to work you know and i guarantee he's not vaccinated and he's you know screaming <laughs> and spitting in people's faces you know right. and it's it's a small town and it's past the tour season, so everyone who's working in a bar is like lucky to still have their job. So they're putting up with his bullshit, uh, even though I'm sure like the rest of the people just fucking took off and were like, "Fuck you, dude." But right. Meanwhile, he had to turn sixty people away in like the hour you were there. Imagine how much money he would have made from oh, them, yeah. and how much he could afford a couple of extra staffers at like a really fucking good salary, and how much more money he'd make on top of that if he would just stop being such a fucking douchebag. Yep but they, exactly they just, well they, and he's they, mad because know. he's having to work himself he's on the floor having to work right exactly himself. right and you know if there's anything that a restaurant owner doesn't want to do it's to have to do the work themselves right so. they're all because they're all landlords at heart they all want to fucking mm-hmm. just you know mm-hmm. pay you know the rent on this place and have ever, all of their bills paid and not actually have to work which you know obviously everyone wants to not have to work but we don't you know accomplish that by exploiting other people we accomplish that by you know right fucking other means yeah it was just comical to see it so over the top like that like the people that you see in these articles who you know are fucking assholes to get to watch it in real time i was just like are you fucking this is this is insane does he realize that everyone can see him acting like this and you know it's a small tourist town but like it's not the only fucking you know brew pub patio bar place in on the strip no, it's a there. tourist town there's probably 15 of them like. yeah i mean there's you know this this time of year after the you know labor day it's not as much but uh but people are still pouring in so clearly right. that you know there's business there to be made if you know how to run a business well which clearly he's forgotten how right right of course well you know speaking of assholes who uh deserve to die one of them actually did this week uh <laughs> which you know we should we definitely want to talk about uh because uh colin powell died yesterday um and uh the internet rejoiced as as per usual when horrible atrocious war criminals die um obviously there there were some notable exceptions which we'll get into but um you know again colin powell just uh one of the most egregious examples of uh liberal media hagiography after the fact you know acting as if he was some 
sort of neutral bipartisan arbiter of what's right and what's fair. And I mean, I can't think of too many more people who are single-handedly responsible for the deaths of, you know, a million Iraqis uh, with, with the illegal war that we started. I mean, he is near the top of the list for people that are most responsible for that. I mean, he could have certainly uh, really gummed up the works uh, if he wanted to, but uh, went along with it in the end and ended up, uh, you know, helping make the case to go to, to go to Iraq uh, at the UN and got, you know, a lot of countries uh, on the United States side uh, and certainly gave enough cover to the Bush administration go forward with this illegal war with no you know evidence right and that's the thing they always say well he realized what he did was wrong and he later resigned for it and it's like that doesn't mean shit because right. he could have resigned before the war and that would have been such a powerful statement that it might have stopped the war right he could have resigned before they gave him the little fucking crack vial to take to the UN to pretend it was you know yellow cake uranium and and not done that whole fucking trade and lent his credible voice to the fucking efforts of, of propaganda which, and which it never should have been people. credible if you know his history and we're going to go into some of that no, here of course, but, in, you know, in detail like, but I, I love that um like people are are like uh, megan mccain was trending because people noticed that she hadn't tweeted about colin powell and people pointed out that, you know, Colin Powell had endorsed Barack Obama over her father. Right. And that's just how petty she is. Right. Right. And but I, but I love it because it's just it's like, you know, it, it's it, it shows I saw somebody tweet like, oh, well, you know, she, she wouldn't uh, give respect to Colin Powell out of pettiness. Look how far the apple has fallen from the tree. Like, do you know anything about her father, John McCain? Because he was the pettiest motherfucker in maybe the history of the United States. He called his wife guy. a cunt because she made fun of his receding hairline in front of a bunch of reporters. Like he's the most I, I mean, petty little fucking bitch of, of a politician we've ever had. He, he called, he called Vietnamese people gooks until like the last year of his life because he right. was that petty that they, you know, kept in the, in the, the Hanoi Hilton biggest mistake they ever made was letting him go. Um, he, uh, he used to, I mean, there's a great, and people should listen to the, uh, episode the i think it's a two-parter episode that the dollop did on john mccain his whole life um his early life is fascinating because it's completely you know uh, washed over and completely you know uh ignored but he was just you know a, a terrible fucking problem uh you know just just an absolute shithead his entire academic career um, got into prestigious institutions because of who his father was. His father was like a high ranking. Same. It's always the, it's the guy. It, you know, the exactly. guy who crashes like five planes, but his dad's an admiral is always going to end up being a president, right? Right. right. Of course, <laughs> of course. Except not him, because lol. Um, but no, he's always been a vindictive prick uh, his whole life. So yeah, it's no, no, no shock that his daughter is the exact same way. And I think he, when we look at Meghan McCain and her personality and. You know, I think that that's the 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 stuff he managed to mostly hide from the media, but that's how exactly how he was like his entire life, just entitled, uh, idiotic, you know, just petty. But yeah, anyway. Um, but that's all you have to do to to have liberals love you is you know just shun that that reputation. Um, and if anything, you could say that Colin Powell wasn't petty; he was very calm and calculating and wrong. Um, and you know, you could argue was equally out for blood, but in a, like a much more, you know, palatable way than someone like Donald Rumsfeld, which is why liberals 
you know, like fucking Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter tweeted out, or his staff obviously tweeted out, because Jimmy Carter probably didn't even know Twitter exists. Right. But Jimmy Carter tweeted out, his courage and integrity, speed of Colin Powell, his courage and integrity will be an inspiration for generations to come. His integrity. He he wagged the little fucking fake vial of mushroom cloud juice in front of the UN and said, this is, this is the, the, you know, the fucking uranium that Iraq's making nuclear bombs out of. <laughs> I mean, right. <laughs> right. Um, Nina Tur- <clears throat> there were a lot of other really atrocious tweets, uh, on, you know, uh, after he died. So Nina Turner tweeted, uh, tweeted a CNN or an Apple News article, Colin Powell, former Secretary of State, has died from complications of COVID-19. Uh, condolences to the Powell family and friends. And now she got about 280 replies immediately, and then she turned off the comments, which is just uh, why Twitter allows you to retroactively turn off the replies to a tweet is beyond me. Just another fucking way to protect the people with the shittiest opinions on the planet. Can't add an edit button. But you can no, but you can turn off the replies, right? To make it seem like you're not as unpopular as you are. Um, no reason for a tweet that she's not uh, even an elected official, so she can't even fall back on that excuse. It's not even running um, for anything anymore. They 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 cheated her out of her fucking easy victory, and she's still fucking doing the bullshit that they you know that they expect of her, which is hilarious. Uh, Killer Mike for some fucking reason on Instagram. Uh, Killer w- tweeted a picture of Colin Powell. Job well done. Life well lived. Black man. Conservative. American. General. Leader. Example. Thank you for your legacy. For the legacy and example you set. Love and respect. Leader. General Colin Powell. I, what, like, what is wrong with this fucking guy? Like, what the fuck? Killer Mike's like, capitalists. It's proud capitalist. Yeah, I know. But even beyond the cap, like, it, it's not, like just. Uh, but you know it's the guy he's he's just a fucking idiot like it's the it's the gun shit with him too he's just he's just a fucking idiot he's not you know the killer mike on 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 record is not the killer mike in in real life unfortunately it, it seems to have well no i mean i get to hear his music every time there's a new fucking chevy escalade commercial they got they, they're playing that fucking run the jewels song every time or whatever the fucking <laughs> suv bullshit that is right um no it was all downhill after they put it in the trailer for black panther <laughs> then it was, then it was opened up the doors um there's uh who else oh jamal bowman member of the squad so, you know elected member of congress as a black man just trying to figure out the world colin powell was an inspiration he was from new york city went to city college and rose to the highest ranks of our nation sending love strength and prayer to the family and friends of secretary powell rest in power sir Yeah, this is Jamal Bowman, uh, whose Twitter bio reads, causing problems for the status quo, fighting for jobs and education, not bombs and incarceration. Words that in anyone else's mouth might mean something. Uh, But apparently, yeah, uh, causing problems for the status quo reads a little bit differently when you're telling someone who was secretary of state to rest in power. Right, right. Who's responsible for the deaths of a million people, you know, to, to rest in power. <laughs> you know, the only good statement I saw out of a politician yesterday, uh, ironically, was from Donald Trump <laughs> because he released a statement. Um, yet again, I swear. Yet ag- he doesn't have a Twitter anymore, and it's really a shame because this is the kind of stuff we're being robbed of on a daily basis. And, and you know, seeing the, the replies to stuff like this, we're, we're, we're being robbed of. But he released a uh, a press statement. 
Um, wonderful to see Colin Powell, who made big mistakes on Iraq and famously so-called weapons of mass destruction, uh, be treated in death so beautifully by the fake news media. Hopefully that happens to me someday. <laughs> you- <laughs> He was a there's more. He was a classic rhino, you know, Republican name only. Uh, if even that, always being the first to attack other Republicans. He made plenty of mistakes, but anyway, may he rest in peace! Exclamation mark. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> that is fucking amazing. I Jimmy mean, Carter doesn't write his own tweets, but we fucking know J- Donald Trump. Nobody story. else would write that. Right? Nobody else. It's that's it's poetry. I can't wait. I can't wait till we have a, a, a the disrespect is a, amazing. A, a Trump I, I presidential center. I mean, it won't be a library; it'll be a center like Obama's uh, is. Yeah, no, currently not, not, not too many books in a in a Trump presidential. It'll just line. be his fucking tweets, <clears throat> like but like bronzed, you know, right? Like, blown up on the wall on like <laughs> plaques, like. <laughs> Oh my god! And it'll be he'll be like obsessed with doing whatever he has to do get to get like a higher attendance than Obama's, right? So they'll have like fucking monster truck poles, you know, fucking NASCAR <laughs> rally at the fucking thing. Yeah, it was gonna be great. It's gonna be. Oh, fun. it'll be a white trash extravaganza for sure. <laughs> but um, no. But it's just it's but, just insane because it's you know it's it's like the one person who would tell the truth about about Colin Powell is the one guy the course liberals can't fucking stand and of course we're going to do everything they can to get him reelected in 2024 but it's like like there was this fucking tweet from this account um just just completely like you know like the like the the bald ego su- eagle <clears throat> superimposed over american flag and then like colin powell's face over it 1937 to 2021 and this this fucking random Twitter account, of course, has twenty nine thousand followers and is followed by thirty nine thousand people. And its avatar is Kurt Cobain, <laughs> right? Like, right. What? And the tweet says, "We lost an amazing American heroine, true patriot today." Hashtag Colin Powell. Hashtag RNP Colin Powell. Hashtag Rest in Power. Twitter bio reads: Educator, property manager, tree hugger, beagles rule, save whales, love Alaska, go Cubs, Nirvana. <laughs> Hashtag Biden Harris. <laughs> Rest in peace, Kurt Cobain. You would have loved Colin Powell. Like that's that's the same level. Just, of it's like energy is, is that tweet. This is what the fucking Hillary Clinton bot army does in the downtime between elections. Is tweet out shit like this. Right. Like, this is what Sally Ibel Albright does in her in her spare time, in between paychecks and in between you know not voting. Is, <laughs> right. is run accounts like this shit? Like, there's no way that's a real person. No, I mean no, that could be a real person, more. but they wouldn't have thirty nine thousand followers. There's no fucking right. way. So it's just it's you know, and 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 why are we bashing on Colin Powell? Like I thought he just he did like the one lie that killed a million people, but he wasn't all bad. That was just one little hiccup, right? Well, so I actually have another uh, bit, and this I didn't even I I think I'd heard of this, but I didn't realize the extent of how involved he was. Um, was actually in Vietnam and uh. It, basically admitted that he was part of the people burning the villages in my lie during the my lie massacre. And this is actually from his book, um, which I guess is written in like a diary fashion because at the top there's a headline KIA one unconfirmed VC casualties to uh, two houses destroyed. Um, I, so I guess he, it's basically a log of his daily um, activity as a fucking psychotic genocidal uh, war criminal while he was in Vietnam. Um, but this is, this is from the February 18th entry on February 18th. We came upon a designate, uh, deserted 
uh, Montagnard village. Uh, the people uh, had fled at our approach, except for an old woman too feeble to move. We burned down the thatched huts, starting the blaze with Ronson and Zippo cigarette lighters. The ARVN troops slashed away with their bayonets at, f- at fields of corn, onions, uh, and manioc, uh, a Montanard starch staple, uh, part of the crop we kept for ourselves. Oh, that's nice of them. On later occasions, the destruction became more sophisticated. Helicopters delivered 55-gallon drums of a chemical herbicide to us, a forerunner of Agent Orange. From the drums, we filled two-and-a-half-gallon hand-pumped huts and sprayers, which looked like fire extinguishers. Within minutes after we sprayed, the plants began to turn brown and wither. Just, you know, what a great guy. What 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 what, what a hero and a you know, rest in power, Colin Powell. Just integrity. What, what a, it takes integrity right. to burn down a civilian huts. Yeah. You know? Right. And and here's his defense, by the way, also from his and this is all from his memoir, um, of these actions. Uh, we tried to solve the problem by making the whole sea uninhabitable. In the hard logic of war, what difference did it make if you shot your enemy or starved him to death? It's actually, you know fucking uh one's actually a, a much more significant war crime than the other um as for the poor uh Montagnards caught in the middle with their crops and huts ruined they were forced to rely on the south vietnamese for food uh that explained why these nomadic people were living on the dole at base camps like ashau um he he he, he, he just fucking typical you know just black republican like uh like oh they're all on the dole yeah because you burn their fucking villages so yes they're 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 relying on the government to provide them with fucking sustenance because you burn their self-sustaining sustenance for no fucking reason you psychopath so it should be stated Um, though that he was involved in burning uh villages back in 1962 and 1963 we've been doing this a long time before the mylay massacre in 1968 And the thing that got Colin Powell sent back home was that, you know, we, the Viet Cong had these, you know, they call tiger pits, right? Where they would have, mm-hmm. you know, uh, spike booby traps with uh, poison or toxins or feces on them so that, you know, the GIs would step on them. Not only had this huge gash, but also it would get infected very quickly and you're out in the jungle where it's very hot. Infection takes over very quickly. But we were setting up our own traps like that too. <clears throat> you know, it doesn't take long when you're out in the, out in the, jungle before you start mimicking the tactics of your enemy if they're effective right and apparently colin paul stepped on a fucking spike that u.s soldiers had laid out <laughs> and got himself infected with his own fucking toxins dumbass so he got sent home for a few years and then he got sent back around 68 or shortly before 68 and was there at the Miley massacre so the idea that like you know only after a, a decade of war getting so bad did we resort to burning villages is not oh, true. No, that was standard we, operating procedure. We were doing that from the get go. And keep in mind, we took over from the French in the late fifties after they got their asses kicked. Right. Well, so, and there, there's actually, and he, so this is further from his book in that, in that justification explains his, the way he thought about this. The strategy was to win their hearts and minds by making them dependent on the government. I am sure these mountain people wish they had never heard of the ARVN, the Viet Cong or the Americans. Of course, you know, um however chilling this destruction uh, of homes and crops reads in uh oh, excuse me however chilling this destruction of homes and crops reads in cold print today as a young officer i'd been conditioned to believe in the wisdom of my superiors and to obey i had no qualms about what we were doing this was the counterinsurgency at the cutting edge hack down the peasants crops thus denying food to the Viet Cong, who were supported by the north vietnamese who in turn were backed by moscow and beijing who are our mortal enemies? 
So, you know, it's all fine because, you know, it's the means justified the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, well, it, yeah, it's just hilarious any time they cite following orders, you know, like just hmm. like Nuremberg trials. What are those? Never heard of it. Oh, right. that was in my own lifetime? Uh, <laughs> awkward. That was him literally citing the Nuremberg defense, like it, just trying to pretend like, oh, well, you know, whatever. We're just following orders. Like, you know. But he still doesn't even seem all con- that contrite about it. Like, even in the way he wrote that, he doesn't seem at all contrite about it. So um, that's, that's, and he wrote that book in 1995, by the way. So this is not like this was written, you know, 10 years after. He had plenty of time to think about it and think about how he wanted to present that information uh, to the American public, and that's still how he thinks of it. So he clearly had no remorse. Well, they, you know, we're going to talk about Katie Kirk here in a bit, but she also did a thing where she wrote a book and admits to doing a very bad thing, but presenting it as though it was like a huge burden for her to bear to do this unethical thing. And that, you know, following through with it just shows like what strength of character they had to do the wrong thing, but for what they thought were just reasons. It's like, no, that makes you a fucking coward. <laughs> right, right. That's, that's, you, you, you literally chose the cowardly path for, you know, reasons of, of your own ego, your own image, or someone else's image that you, uh, that you fucking fanboy or fangirl over. Like, that's, that's what you did. You chose the coward's path rather than letting the shitty person that you idolize, um, face the consequences of their own words and actions but you know we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit but um yeah so you know just colin powell rest in piss you know one of the uh, most egregious uh members of the bush administration one of the most um responsible for getting us into iraq well um, i have a couple more things before we close it out on him because again yeah. it's like it's it, this bookend of his career of you know torching huts in vietnam and uh, you know, greenlighting the, the disastrous war in, in Iraq is, you know, it, it's we're leaving out a big chunk of the story here. So there was a guy named uh, with the handle uh, Rob Vato on uh, <clears throat> Twitter had a thread here. I'm just going to read a little bit from it. Um, he retweeted out the idea that in, in enabling the Iraq war was the one blemish on Colin Powell's record is a dangerous fantasy easily disproven by hundreds of thousands Hundreds of, by hundreds of thousands of women, children, el- elderly, nuns, priests, and other Central American innocents slaughtered with Powell's help. Since he's trending, it's important to remember that Colin Powell was one of the leading generals arming, training, and protecting the Salvadorian military and the death squads responsible for slaughtering 75 to 80,000 people. He did so throughout the war. Durate was the bloodiest of Salvadoran presidents. And then along with this tweet is an image of Powell with Durante. Uh, As Reagan's national secretary advisor, Colin Powell was among the leading voices advocating the counterinsurgency strategy that targeted civilians who suffered the brunt of the war. He even uh, supported Christiani, a president elected as a a member of the A-R-E-N-A party founded by death squad leader Dua Bison. When the offensive of 1989 made clear that the Salvador military could not defeat the FMLN guerrillas, then-chairman of G.H.W. Bush's Joint Chief of Staff, Powell, threatened U.S. military intervention. So, yeah, Powell's moving on up the chain of command over these uh, years. Powell also led the invasion of Panama, which left countless mostly poor and black Panamanians dead. And then along with that tweet is an image of Powell standing in front of the Macho de Monte Brigada Skull and Machete Death Squad mural. <laughs> yeah. All of this and more because he, uh, before he became G.W. Bush's U.S. Treasury Secretary, or I'm sorry, no, Secretary of State, 
who lied to the world about Iraqi nuclear capabilities in order to start a war with uh, that left over a million dead in its wake. Not somebody to celebrate or name our schools after, IMHO. So yeah, you know they're going to name schools after this motherfucker. Oh, of course, of course. The airports and all sorts of fucking, you know. But again, all of our schools and airports are named after, like, fucking absolute monsters of history like almost none of the great people in history actually have shit named after them outside of like martin luther king like almost every fucking school or airport's named after like a fucking war criminal <laughs> like you know it's i hope just... he gets i hope he gets a statue somewhere because it'd be great to topple that shit oh yeah no for sure right just the same way they topple the saddam statue just pull it down by the head and a bunch of yeah we'll like, have to wait a few decades right because it'll it. yeah we'll have to wait a few decades because if you tear down colin powell statue right away then it's like oh it's racist so we'll have to we'll have to let a few other generations uh, right go no by uh, before Right, of course, and I'm sure they'll they'll use that. But uh, you know, obviously, a bl- an icon in black culture, Colin Powell, just just someone to fucking you know. Oh, him and his wife. I'm sure his wife Emily is is, is deep in mourning right now. But um, well, wait till Condoleezza Rice goes because we're gonna do the oh, same God. fucking thing. But and and because she was uh, and because she was a woman, there'll be the double barrel of uh <laughs> of, of fucking defense, you know. The, the double barrel but, neoliberal shotgun blast to the face of fucking de- identity politics. Well, look, speaking of you know just just fucking weaponized identity politics, let's talk about this this Katie Couric RBG story because, um, you know we I think had talked about even back when these happened or maybe like shortly or maybe you know I think it was actually when she died. Uh, we talked about um, RBG's comments on Colin Kaepernick and how uh, fucking stupid and out of touch and racist they were. And, you know, we we, we talked a lot about the cult of RBG and how very much the... To our our credit, we talked about RBG's comments on Colin Mm -hmm. Kaepernick long before she died. This is something we brought up many times. And it it turns out... We talked about Colin Kaepernick, too. We would would mention it quite a bit, but yes... But it, it turns out that the horribly racist shit that RBG said to Katie Couric during this Yahoo News interview back in 2016 was only the tip of the iceberg <laughs> right? for what she really fucking said. Right. Right. So, yeah. So we um, Katie Couric, um, who just coincidentally has a book coming out. Um, so we're just just happening to find out this little bit of information now that's been weighing on our conscience for so long, I'm sure. Um basically came out with the fact that she uh in her interview with rbg uh removed uh a, a basically a big chunk of the quote that rbg had to uh protect her image because it made her look really fucking bad and then later uh apparently uh her team rbg's team came out and said like hey she didn't understand the question can you you know remove that that bit of it and such uh, a lie too such which, a lie and if it's true why is she on the supreme court if she can't understand a basic fucking question like that's she's making decisions that affect literally every man woman and child in this fucking country and she was clearly not you know completely within her mental you know faculties like but it's you know it's just it, 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 so yeah do you, you have the quote right from the article um, right so i want to kind of give this context too because the the part that was published at the time, people they said that at the time that she didn't understand the answer, or, or she didn't understand the question. Right, but that's right. Not true, because she used Colin Kaepernick's name in her answer, so she knew who he was, she knew what he was doing, she knew why he was doing it, and she said it was stupid. Right. right. 
And, you know, her her apology made it sound like she didn't understand the question. But if you listen to her answer at the time, the one originally published, she knew exactly what she was saying. But what she says here is so much more horribly racist because it paints all black people with essentially I'll, I'll read it here. But let me just right, right. give you a little context on Katie Couric because she didn't do this. Because Yahoo News was like, oh, we got to protect RBG because, you know, Yahoo News typically doesn't do that for, for a web browser based news. <laughs> in right. Room. They don't give a fuck. They're, yeah. they're actually kind of decent. Um, so she, uh, Katie Couric just did this as a reflex because her entire career is working for corporate media. But I just want to read uh, two lines from Katie Couric's Wikipedia page to give you an idea about uh, the kind of person she is and her her thinking in wanting to protect someone in the upper echelons of power. Um, so this is just from her Wikipedia page. Uh, in 2010, Katie Couric attended a dinner party at the house of convicted, a convicted sex offender and socialite Jeffrey Epstein oh. alongside, alongside Chelsea Handler, Woody Allen, Charlie Rose, Prince Andrew, <laughs> Eva Anderson Dubin, and George <laughs> Stephanopoulos. Wow. Wow, just a murderer's row of, of I mean, great, great people. Oh, uh, just, you know, lock the doors and set it on fire, I tell you. Right. Uh, the party was reportedly Couric's only encounter with Epstein. So that's the mm. only one that she got caught with, right? Um, so she had a previous marriage, but then that guy died, uh, and she got remarried. In September 2013, she became, uh, became engaged to financier John Molnar. After a two-year relationship, Couric married Molnar in a small private ceremony at her home in the Hamptons on June 21st, 2014. <laughs> During the January 15, 2021 appearance on Real Time with Bill Maher, Couric revealed that she is distantly related to William Henry Harrison, the ninth president of the United States. <laughs> it's just like, who the fuck are these people? Just, just, just like just we, comically... we, we, mock the, we mock the royals for their fucking blue blood fucking genetic, you know, like... right. It's it's all the same here. It's all the fucking same here. We just pre- call it a different thing, you know. Right. <laughs> so, no, of course. So in the New Republic, there was an article by Natalie Shore. I haven't read much of her stuff. I'm not familiar with her, and the the quotes in here. So I'm just going to read the whole thing. Yeah. Not the whole thing. I, I'm going to read the whole thing as like the 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 excerpts I pulled from it. It's about four times longer than what I'm going to read. So Natalie Shua writes uh, regarding Katie Couric's omission. I, th- I think the article was called like an omission of failure or something like that, uh, or a lie by omission. Um, so she writes, it's an ethical failure so gobsmacking that it's tough to understand why Couric would disclose it at all, let alone to do so as advanced publicity for a forthcoming autobiography. What's even more absurd is the way she is framing this anecdote as some tough professional call she had to make. It was anything but. Withholding this footage was an obvious, almost canonical lapse in journalistic ethics and a profound betrayal of the public. Ginsburg apparently said that, quote, Kaepernick and all of, the, all of his allies showed contempt for a government that has made it possible for their parents and their grandparents to live a decent life, which they possibly could not have lived in the places they came from. Oh, wow. So just incredibly fucking racist on multiple levels. Like, so like, the thank, places they came you should from? Thank, you should thank us white people for bringing you out of the, the savage lands that your grandparents came from. Yeah. So it's like, like what, what, <laughs> is she talking about like the slother, southern slave states? Like, the, like, no, no. She's talking about Africa. She's right. talking. She's referring to Africa. 
saying that you should be glad that we kidnapped your grandparents and great grandparents and brought them over here. And you kneeling for that flag is disrespectful of the, you know, the, the white man's burden of, you know, teaching you to read and write hundreds of years later or, or whatever the fuck she thinks. So she continued here. Um, lost my place. As they become older, they realize this was useful folly, like referring to the protest, apparently. I don't know. And that's why education is so important, implying that Kaepernick is uneducated and others like him. Right. So she understood the question. It's just that she's abhorrently racist or was abhorrently racist. I saw a great uh, meme yesterday. It's like, you know, the meme of like every time one of the um, uh, in the Democratic primary in 2020, every time somebody would would drop out, there was that meme of like everyone in heaven saying like, come join (laughs) us, Pete Booty Judge. (laughs) Right. And it was all, it was like that, but it was like everyone in hell, right? And it was like <laughs> it was like Hitler and Thatcher and Reagan, and it was like come join us, Colin Powell. But then like in the background was also Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> I was just like, yes, <laughs> fucking bitch. Um, so so the article by the continues way, here. Oh yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, so on her decision to yank the money quotes, I love that she calls them money quotes. On her decision to yank the money quotes out of the televised interview, Kirk was less forthcoming. Ginsburg was elderly, she reasoned, and probably didn't understand the question. Clearly, that's hogwash. Ginsburg spent several minutes in the original video unpacking her thoughts about race and policing. The omitted portion flowed naturally and coherently from the points she'd already made. She understood the question perfectly well and provided a thorough response. It just happened to be an abysmal one, and Kirk fully understood that she was sitting on some combustible cringe. She knew her idol's words would become a major story, far more than the moderate controversy that followed the version that was released. So she quietly made it go away. Ginsburg certainly wasn't dead in 2016, nor was the memefied squee cult that that arose around the so-called notorious rbg to consume the ubiquitous branded merchandise with her face stamped all over it all of that hero worship served a political end and a deeply pernicious one at that in retrospect ginsburg refusal to retire back when democrats still held held the senate and ginsburg herself was a two-time cancer survivor pushing 80 may well have been at least partially a response to her newfound liberal celebrity and the fawning biography children's books and feature documentary that came with it if not, the hagiography in which Couric, an admired participant, clearly warped the public's understanding of RBG as a full political actor, which Supreme Court justices undeniably are. Yeah, and just, you know, for people who don't remember, just reminding everybody of the 100-plus clerks that she had at her 30-plus years on the Supreme Court. 125. 125. One of them was black. Literally one. So, like, when they all gathered on the steps of the Supreme Court to do stand vigil and stand in rows of people. It was like fucking where's Waldo like spot the black guy in the, in the fucking 125 people. And presumably a couple were probably dead. So that ratio was even more right. skewed if you, right. they were all there. <laughs> exactly. Or couldn't make it or whatever. Right. So yeah, it, it's just, yeah, she's, she was fucking racist. Like there's no question that she was a fucking racist. Like she may not have thought of herself as a racist. Like a lot of white liberals don't, but deep down she certainly hold held, Feelings of resentment and not even feelings of resentment, feelings of superiority to black people. And I think comments like that, which were clearly just off the cuff comments she made from her heart, um, I think illustrate that perfectly. Like that's the insidious white liberal racism that you see 
where they don't think they're racist. They think that they're, uh, they, they think that they're actually very forward thinking and they're just like, well, yeah, no, they should be happy right. that we, 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 we like them so much. We let them participate I, in I'm our wonderful racist. society. Right. I'm not racist. I already t- tweet about Colin Powell's passing. <laughs> right. How right. could I be racist? So <laughs> I, I was my best friend. How could I be racist? Um, I was um, actually I was, uh, you know, my, my mother's my litmus test for, uh, you know, where the liberals are on oh, things. Wow. And right. I, <laughs> I, uh, I read that to my mom, the, just just the quote. RBG quote. Yeah. And she just kind of looked at me and blinked a couple times and just kind of like shuddered and then went back to whatever <laughs> she was doing. <laughs> And that's what it is. Like they, they'll read that and go, "Oh God!" All right. Well, I'm just gonna cut that out of my memory and right, put that out of my mind. <laughs> right. But I was also trying to figure out how to bring up Colin Powell, right? Because mm-hmm. mom's it's not an election cycle, so mom hasn't really been watching MSNBC so much anymore. She's kind of dropped out of the news. She's living her life. And I was like, you know, if I just say to her, Colin Powell died, she's gonna be like, "Oh no, that's terrible," you know. Right. And I was, but if I, I was like, I'm not gonna say that. I'm going to do, I'm just going to go like over dinner. I, I said, Hey mom, did you, you hear we lost another war criminal? <laughs> and she looks at me. She's like, yeah, I heard Colin Powell died. And I was like, I got him. <laughs> <laughs> just got to figure out how to broach uh, the subject properly to frame it in such a way where, yeah. And then she, she actually was like, you know, said something to the, you know, about the line to the UN, you know, and I was like, yeah, and I just, I just heard about it. he was involved in trying to cover up the Mylay massacre, and he was there when it happens. And she's like, oh wow, I didn't hear that. I was like, yeah, I hadn't heard that till recently either. Just, just right. today. So we didn't, you know, dwell on it or talk about it too much. But it was like, it was good to know that she was on the same page and in, in her right, right, that. right. I, and that's that's when your that's what happens when your brain is not on cable news twenty four seven. Like it, it, it's it. You know, I think normal people can look at these things and, and judge them objectively. But when you're just so fucking propagandized 24 seven by the only news you're you consume, it's hard to not just fall into that fucking mentality. So now that she, like you said, she's not right. watching it as much. She doesn't have that fucking horrible conditioning from. But it's still a brand. You know, the reason why this shit's put out there is because they want to sell this brand that, oh, there was, a, you know, here was an honorable Republican, you know, even though he. Right. You know, lie to the UN. We may have disagreed, you... but right, right. You know exactly. You know, um, I disagree with you about every single thing, but you're an audible man for wanting to start World War Three. I guess. You know? <laughs> right, right. Um, so they have to believe there's like good Republicans out there somewhere who, you know, have a moral code deep down. Like this, this is this fucking West Wing fantasy. Right. And no, when they like, finally get one to agree with them, they go, "Oh, I won them over." And again, no, it's like they they won you over. Now you're just on the side of fascism. You didn't fucking win over shit. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, like we said, rest in piss, Colin Powell, rest in piss, RPG. Uh, it, it, it's it's just, you know, uh, I, I really wish a lot of this shit, you know, and, and Katie Couric did a real disservice to this country because can you imagine if that had come out while RPG was still alive? I certainly think the the cult of personality, the liberal cult of personality that grew up around her uh may have dissipated quite a bit and i and i think that would have gone a long way into pressuring her to fucking retire when she should have you know like she like you said two-time cancer survivor uh couldn't fucking put her ego aside to retire and let obama pick a fucking replacement um and because of that we ended up with fucking amy coney barrett like that's that's now why we have this super majority of of right-wing lunatics on the supreme court um, and we will for fucking decades because they're all 40s and they're 40s and 50s. 
Um, and that's that's largely thanks to her. And now fucking Stephen Breyer, who's 80 years old and says that he's only he's going to retire and he's not going to be told by anyone to retire. Like, it's literally just they, they want it to be a nine to nothing Supreme Court with with all maniac, like Christo fascist Republican conservatives. And then it's going to be like, oh, well, shit, I don't know what to do. We can't do anything now. Like, it, it's it's unfortunate. Yeah, well, you know, hopefully the white woman that wrote a book about RBG called the Notorious RBG, which, of course, is, you know, ripping off the name Notorious B.I.G. It was a black man who apparently RBG uh, despised and thought <laughs> needed to be educated to properly understand right. why, uh, you know, the white people in power in this country deserve respect for uh, Christianizing the savages. Hopefully the white woman who wrote that fucking book uh, has learned something, but we know she hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and all the other ones like her, the ones that carted out, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg on stage to book signings and, you know, put her in a little chair and she could tell little stories hunched over into a microphone. And everyone claps and applauds and a little tear for democracy and women's like mother Abigail oh from the stand. <laughs> like and it's, it's like it never it never occurs to them that like she was, you know, her best friend, Antonin Scalia, was just feeding her all this fucking right wing shit. And she's, t- you know, s- soaking it in over the decades and just becoming a, like a more hateful bitter person right she's a, she i mean that was her best friend on the supreme court like the most hateful member of the fucking supreme court when he was alive like just one of the biggest right-wing pieces of shit we've ever had in government <laughs> Antonin scalia was was the person she most identified with like what does that fucking <laughs> tell you italian carl rove <laughs> <laughs> they do look a little oh, like one's just got a little fucking like darker bushier eyebrows Ugh, the or he Google. did before he died. Rest also rest in piss, Anton Scalia. Right now, just you know, we'll save a play to Gabagool for, for, <laughs> for at the next dinner. Um, what was what was the the fucking Sopranos meme that was going around? Uh, which was oh well, there was a I don't know. There's always a bunch of them, but there was the one because like the you know the uh, Ma- I think Megan Fox was told that story about when she met Machine Gun Kelly and she said to him like. Uh, you smell like weed and he's like i am weed and like everyone thought (laughs) that was the stupidest fucking thing but so people were just sharing other things so then people shared one of uh of tony's uh the the i forget i don't i forget her name but the 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 side chick he had that was the car dealer um tony soprano yeah yeah, tony so he uh saying is uh, there any other tony no i don't think so her saying you smell like gabagool and him saying i am gabagool (laughs) (laughs) which was great um But anyway, yeah. So, uh, well, before we get out of here, we want to mention some uh, some some more cop uh, related news. So you you had oh, some man. cops are just going full on cancel culture on themselves. It's crazy. So you know, I mean, the, this is there's a big uh, kerfuffle in Chicago right now. Um, it's getting a lot of national media attention between uh, the police union and Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Surprise. Um, and there there was some quotes. In uh, from uh, Block Club Chicago uh, today, and where they interviewed uh, a police officer who's very upset because, as you know, Anthony, uh, you know the first responders and frontline workers, police fire department, they had they're on the you know the front lines and interacting with the public and being exposed to potentially dozens of strangers every day, and that that puts them at very high risk of COVID. I don't know if you know this, but uh the police have you know were five times as likely to die from covid as they were to get to die from a uh, gunfire in the last year it's the highest cause right. of death of police is 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 covid right now so i mean you would expect that the police rightfully so would would be demanding to be vaccinated to protect right. their lives blue lives matter right 
but the city and the state, the nation has not been able to get vaccines to the police. So here's a quote here in response to this um, officer unnamed here for his own protection uh, asked about the lack of vaccines. The officer called an absolute ignorance on the city and said that the the lack of vaccines is depleting an already depleted workforce. His co-workers feel, com- quote, completely dejected, he said. He continued, you can only be marginalized for so long. Yeah, and I and I genuinely, you know, we don't always agree with the police, but I really, I do have to feel for them on this because I think that's something we all can understand. Yeah, and, and you completely understand that, you know, without being vaccinated, without having access to vaccines, how they could feel that way. Of course, uh, of course. I mean, it's the only problem is that that's completely the opposite of reality. This cop said all those things because he doesn't want to be forced to get that fucking vaccine that would save his life. <laughs> he is being marginalized <sighs> because because they are being forced to, you know, be, because the people who are literally meant to serve and protect the public, to protect the public interest and public health, are being forced to get a uh, life-saving vaccine so that they don't breathe their fucking COVID germs all over all the people that they are forcibly interacting with. Because again, like you know, if you get pulled over by a cop or if you get stopped by a cop, you can't just be like, hey, yeah, I'm not going to talk to you because you don't have a mask on. They don't give a fuck. They will just spew their shit in your face and you will have to sit there and take it or they'll be like, oh, well, you're resisting an arrest or you're resisting, you know, you're, you're, you're resisting arrest. You're, you're obstructing <laughs> justice. It's like Daffy Duck and spit flying everywhere. <laughs> right. Which is, of course, the, the most absurd fucking charge of all time. I mean, because it's literally just exists so that they can charge you with something when they have nothing else to charge you with when you're resisting them illegally so, detaining could you, you. Imagine, could you imagine if the, you know, the, the Chicago Police Department or any police department, like the, the number of police officers shot in the line of duty increased fivefold in just one year? And the, the, the city was like, oh, we, we need to get you better bulletproof vests. And they were like, fuck you. We don't want that. That's absolute ignorance on the part of the city. It's depleting an already depleted workforce. We're completely dejected. You can You're only marginalize us by trying to save our lives with bulletproof vests for so long. It right. makes no fucking sense. Uh, what the if, fuck do they think? If, gu- if, if, if gun deaths on, for officers were up five like you know 500 percent in one year the fucking police union head would be out there this fucking man he doesn't know what he's doing he's getting us all killed look at this fucking moron like it, that would just they would just be they would they would do fucking work stoppages they oh, would they, they, would, they, they would they would throw demand, a, you know gosh. the highest caliber fucking you know m50 abrams tank whatever that you know they, you, they carry would be bazookas. You, you, you you hate cops you want cops to be dead that's why you don't let us carry bazookas uh on our patrols but these cops are all like half of them are all fucking lunatic right-wing uh fascists uh and they truly believe that like the government's controlling them with fucking microchips the vaccine is giving them you know 5g cell tower service magnetized flesh some fu- who fucking knows right but the you know so I, I i would assume there's other cities doing vaccination mandates right yeah uh, I, I know for sure but it hasn't been as big a story so maybe they haven't done this in la or nyc but they so, i think they did it for like connecticut state trip like but but it there's a lot of places, but like, yeah, of course the big, the big news is going to be made in, in, you know, in places like Chicago, like Seattle, like, right. Well, I just haven't know. heard anything about any other major city having this big showdown. Cause the, th- this became such an issue that this week, the, the, uh, president of the FOP in Chicago fraternal order of police, uh, was gagged by a judge. He's not allowed to make public comments about the <laughs> vaccine wow. uh, anymore pending litigation. And the judge wants the union and the city to come to an agreement. 
Because the judge is like, I don't want to fucking have to force you to do this shit. You should be able to work this out, you know? And clearly, like, you know, you need to do this, but you're not doing it because there's probably some other thing that you want from the city to agree to do it because everything is right. politics in a city like Chicago. Well, um, but it's just the, the, the showdown over this. They basically said if you first first, they're just like, you have to divulge whether you're vaccinated or not. That's currently just the mandate right now. Right. And we had 35 percent of officers refuse to divulge whether they had been which means they're fucking not like what th- th- like that's well, just as good so we had 66 percent who did comply with reporting if they were if they were vaccinated right. or not of those 66 percent 16 percent were not vaccinated so there are some who are reporting that no they're not vaccinated right right so i don't know why this number came out but of those who you know 35 percent of twelve thousand cops is a lot of fucking cops Right. And they were told if they didn't comply that they were going to be stripped of their police powers. Now, only 19 of them so far have that been done to. They had to give up their badge and their ID, but apparently left their gun because you get to keep the gun for whatever reason. Right, of course. Because until, until you're fired. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so 19 officers were stripped of their police powers and placed on no pay status. So not even desk duty, wow. but like you can't come to work and you're not getting paid for it, but you're not fired. Right, just the the ultimate marginalization. So yeah, apparently, uh, flu lives matter more than blue lives matter. <laughs> so, and I was looking it up. I, so apparently, it's not mandated yet in New York for the NYPD, but uh, like Eric Adams, who's the Democratic candidate and also a former fucking NYPD pig, uh, is considering it. He's not even you know committing to doing it, but he's considering a vaccine mandate, which De Blasio. Yeah, uh, supports but won't do himself because he's too afraid of the NYPD. And he could easily just, just fucking do it on his way out, but he won't. Do yeah, it. It, it's, it makes you wonder though, because like yeah, Mayor Lori Lightfoot lives in my neighborhood, and I very often have to bike past her house. She lives on a street that's got a nice little bike lane on it. It's low traffic, uh, and there's always like two or three uh, squad cars sitting out in front of her house to protect her. And you just wonder, like, are you know, does she does she insist on having vaccinated cops protect her or like does she pick and choose who gets that detail or like, you know, are there other are cops there that like, you know, if they knew about a plot to kidnap the mayor, would they look the other way? Because they don't want <laughs> right. to like who like you never know. You never know. There's a lot of fucking, you know, you you like with the uh, L.A. County police gangs, there's like, you know, individual gangs of people within the police department that yeah. organize amongst themselves. And who knows who's part of what unit and what detail in the police who's part of one of these gangs right 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 so, so i have not, we have not a, that i have any love for Lori lightfoot but it's like <laughs> it certainly have far far less love for the fucking police of, of chicago and which which really just is like who would actually want to kidnap someone as as, as milk toast and right wing as Lori lightfoot except for like some lunatic right winger who thinks that she's like a communist, you know, like just just somebody who knows fucking nothing about the way she actually yeah. governs. But, but you know, the same thing with like Gretchen Whitmer, like a bunch of right wingers kidnapped her because they think she's like some communist trying to, you know, fucking turn. Oh, my God. I saw Michigan the funniest, into Moscow. I, I saw or it just reminded me. I saw the funniest fucking thing yesterday or two days ago uh, when I rode out to Charlevoix and had that the, the restaurant uh, right. interaction on the way back. Uh, I mean, I saw it on the way out, but I didn't really get to look at it until I was on the way back. But somebody had fucking just dumped their, like, junk Chevy Suburban, like, in the middle of this fucking uh, park by the lake. 
where this this bike path that runs for like 20 miles, it runs through it. And he didn't block the bike path with his truck, but it's, he was, it was like parked in the weeds, right? So clearly not where it was supposed to be. And I, I noticed there was like a like an orange, we're going to tow this sticker on it. Right. And then I kind of looked around. I kind of peeked inside. The whole fucking Chevy Suburban is full of trash. Oh, Like Jesus. full of trash. Right. And laying right on top of the trash was a rental application. And it's got the guys, the guy, clearly the guy who owns the truck, uh, right. I extrapolated because it's got the guy's name and his penmanship was terrible. Like he couldn't write his own name, like even with like just printing right. his name, he couldn't. Uh, his phone number didn't have the full number of digits. Um, he, he, he listed his former address as, you know, uh, he said he was forced to leave because his landlord changed, which like, you might not like your landlord, but like your landlord changing doesn't mean you have to move, dude. I don't know. Like there's more to the story there clearly. Right. Right. Um, but it was like, so it looked like he was out of work and homeless living out of this, this vehicle. Uh, but he had uh, clearly abandoned it because, Instead of a license plate, he put up a laminated sign that just said, Ask Whitmer. <laughs> so I have pictures of all this I'm going to post. And I'm glad you reminded me because I forgot about this. Uh, and, you know, times are tough for us all, but I, I'm pretty sure that Michigan's governor, Gretchen Whitmer, is not the reason you decided to abandon your vehicle in a public park and strip the license plate off of it. <laughs> right. <sighs> Just, just oh like all the God. crazy right wing shit that they come up with, like you know, oh yes, the governor that took the pandemic seriously and you know locked us down so that people didn't lose their lives. It's her fault. I'm living in a van down by the river, <laughs> like literally, literally in a van down by the river. Um, well, we have a clip real quick. I want to play of, of another cop having a fucking you know hysterical <laughs> meltdown. Um, because he's he's being uh, oh. because because in Washington, I guess. Uh, Jay Inslee, the governor of Washington, who's, you know, a- among the better governors, he's still not really good, but he's not as bad as like he was. He know, was the climate change guy for right. running for president. Right, right, right. So um, he, uh, I guess, had mandated with because I guess that's within the governor's powers that the state police have to be vaccinated or they'll be fired. Um, and so there's there's this one trooper uh, recording himself. Um, signing off because he refuses to be vaccinated so here's the clip of that and then we'll uh, we'll talk about it wish i could say more but um this is it so state 1034 this is the last time you'll hear me in a state patrol car and jay Ansley can kiss my ass that's trooper robert lemay a 22 year veteran of the washington state patrol signing off from his final shift with some parting words for democratic governor jay Inslee. LeMay is out of the WSP after refusing to comply with the state's vaccine mandate, which went into effect on Monday. But here's a related, nonpartisan fact. COVID-19 has killed approximately five times more police officers than guns since the start of the pandemic and is now the leading cause of death in law enforcement. There have been 476 law enforcement deaths from the virus, compared to 94 gun deaths. By the way, ninety-four gun deaths in like two years is is not that much. Like you, they they act like this is the most dangerous fucking job in the world. I guarantee you, more delivery people have been killed in the last two years. Oh, you know what kills the most from gun violence? Yeah, you know what kills the most police in the line of duty before COVID? 
traffic was, accidents? Was, or? Yeah, cops crash, crash crash in their fucking cars. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. So just you know, like I'm the real victim. You can only be marginalized so long as being a a, a you know a white man with a license to kill. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Right. It's it, it's absurd, but you know that's that's just the fucking victim mentality. The the most powerful people in the country have that they're. That you know the, these fucking white men who have the fucking most powerful, unnecessarily you know powerful job in the in in the country, where they just get to lord over people and fucking tell them what to do and shoot them if they don't like what they say, are somehow still they need to become victims and they need to find a way to be marginalized. It's so the governor is telling you to take a fucking booster injection to make sure you can live and keep having that job of lording over people with a gun and a badge. Like, what part of this is fucking scaring you and making you feel like your rights are being taken away? This is like, you know, if they said, like, hey, that job you do where you where you where you, you know, handle volatile chemicals, you need to have a certification to keep to keep doing that job. So please take this test and get the certification so that we can ensure that you're, you know, properly, you know, you you know, you will you try to take my freedom away. I've been doing this for 20 years. Okay, so you should have no problem then taking the test. Like, it's just. No. I've been a snake charmer for 25 years, and I've never needed <laughs> anti-snake venom before, right. and I'm not going to need it now. I'm not going to carry some on me just because you think that I need it in case I get bit, and I can't, right? right. It's just and then so he gets, fucking then he gets stupid. fucking bit by a snake, he's like, goddamn immigrants! <laughs> right, <laughs> right. right. It, it's just, you know, it's pathetic, but that's that's who these these crybabies are. Um, but, you know, oh, hey, just, good fucking riddance. Babies. Good yeah, riddance. no, this is great. This is fucking awesome. Like, if if the worst you know 10 percent of of cops are all quitting like that's it's just that's fucking purging out some of the worst ones just like defund the police demoralize these the worst of these fuckers good let them keep quitting you know <laughs> if right. they if they want to put up a sign you know a, a retention bonus to keep on the ones that do care about public safety which i'm sure there are some um you know like the more the merrier for those guys <laughs> i guess right Right. Just <clears throat> fucking ridiculous. Oh, by the way, I should mention I, I was um coming home the other day for I think it was uh, like Target or something. And there was some like woman like at, you know, like knocking on the door or whatever. And turns out she was canvassing because she's running for town council as a Democrat. And I'm still, you know, a registered Democrat. So I could vote. So I could vote in the primaries. Um, Not that I will be doing that this year. Um, and she gave me her flyer and literally the top line item on the flyer. Cause like, you know, nobody knows who these fucking people are. It's just like, well, what are they going to do? You know, what's, what's the, the, the voting line for the, you know, vote row a for, you know, the Democrats this year or whatever. Um, the top line item on this flyer was, um, more funding uh, for more police to stop the uh, car break-ins in the area. Like that was the number one priority of the <laughs> Democrats of, of the town that oh I'm living in. So I was like, uh, thank cars. you. Thank you very much. I, I, I do need to go now. <laughs> I can't. <God>. That's, <laughs> you know what? Fucking, if you worry about a car break-in, then stop parking it in the fucking street. Park it in your goddamn garage. I, I don't, not there. And I also don't understand how more cops are going to solve that because are the cops going to be, I don't, do, uh, first of all, there are a ton of fucking cops in this town already um, and they don't do shit because they're cops. Like they, they don't do shit. They collect fucking paychecks and retire early and shoot people who are unarmed, who they feel are threatening them. That's literally all the cops in this town do. Um, and, you know, occasionally act like security guards for large events. That's, that's the extent of what the cops in this town do. 
Uh, there are a ton of car break-ins, but they, they, you know, they're not like going to stop those car break-ins. Like this is just random shit. You know, like what's going to, like it, more cops is not the fucking answer to anything. You should, uh, you know, obviously as in all kids situations where there's crime, look at the root cause of crime, which is, you know, obviously capitalism and the fact that people uh, are out of work and desperate because, you know, the pandemic exasperated all of the negative effects of capitalism and all of the, you know, uh, ramped up the income inequality to an absurd uh, scale, uh, especially in in places like Hartford, you know, which is like a neighboring, you know, area to me. Uh, it, it's not, you know, what the fuck is more cops going to do to solve that problem? Why don't you fucking, you know, fund jobs programs so that people can actually get jobs training to get decent paying jobs, which don't exist. Like, it's just not, you know, they they never want to acknowledge the actual root causes of crime it's just you know broken windows policing that's all anyone mm-hmm. fucking knows mm-hmm. speaking Democrats of broken windows alike. speaking of broken windows uh we had a clip here this is just has nothing to do with anything other than i i love trains and i hate cars so anytime there's a train crashing into a car i love it but this one uh is even better um so we're just going to play the audio of it but this was a uh you know you know those trucks that carry trucks you know, like a car carrier, it's like a car transport. Yeah. You see, you drive behind them on the highway. Sometimes they have like 15 cars on them and they always look like right, a right. second and away from loosing one onto your fucking front. Window. Yeah. It's like, how, how well secured are those? It turns out not very, as we're going to uh, hear here in a second, because, <laughs> you know, when you're carrying a load that heavy, you got to keep it as low to the ground as possible. So the, the clearance on the bottom bed of that truck is very low. And in this clip, this train you know, on a lot of rural roads, you have a very large, abrupt uh, kind of bump as you go over the train tracks where a uh, large truck with a low payload cannot cross. And this truck got stuck in the middle. Uh, imagine a, a ship beached down the rocks, right? And it can't go anywhere. <laughs> right. So let's just uh, just run the audio and we'll uh, rejoice at the sound of many broken windows. The sound was that the you hear double rainbow screen. guy. What the fuck is that? No, that, that was uh, apparently the truck. You can stop it now. Yeah, That's apparently the truck driver, which I, from the screams, sounds like it might be a woman. I don't know. I, I, it sounded like a guy, just really high, like just oh yeah, God. yeah. Um, I mean, nobody got hurt uh, unless they were on the train and got hurt, uh, which could be very possible. But a lot of cars got fucked up, and you know, I'm sure while they're insured uh, that. Truck driver is probably not going to be driving a truck anymore. So like, you can understand why they might be a little upset. Um, but what a, what a fuck. People should seek out the video too, because what a fucking collision. I mean, that that just was oh, like, you so know. So gorgeous. Movie, yeah. Movie, I cinematic. Just tweeted I tweeted it. So if you go to Twitter at uh, Bike Slutty, that's my handle. You can see that. That's the last thing I tweeted out, I think. But it's, there's one of them. There's one of the, like, it's all SUVs. It's like, it's like six or seven SUVs on this truck. Yeah, just gets fucking t-boned and all the SUVs go flying up in the air 
right? Not just like knocked, you know, flying in wonder. There's, there's one that looks like it just sort of is suspended in midair for a moment or two. The hang time is incredible. It really like, just, yeah. really got like it looks there. like it got flung compl- like straight toward the camera. So it looks like it kind of just like levitates for a minute and then just drops. You're like, what right. was holding that fucking SUV in the air for, you know, seemingly more time <laughs> than is physically possible. The camera guy too, like we were talking about before we went on air. It was like, it was a guy who was like, you know, had pulled up like behind, like safely behind that car seeing that uh, behind that truck seeing that it was stuck it was like all right this is gonna be a good this is gonna be a good fucking video got out of his car to shoot it you know horizontally held his phone horizontally you know because he understands that you don't film things vertically anymore it's 2021 right uh you know didn't narrate over it um moved out of his truck that when his windshield was dirty and cracked so he knew that like you know this is gonna be a moment i want to capture which, uh, which it, for me, I wouldn't have done because I would have been like, "Fuck! I should at least be in here to shield myself from some debris if this thing really <laughs> right. flings." Well, he already kept a pretty safe distance. He knew what he was like. I know it's coming. I know right. it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> and he might have even backed up because, like, when the video starts, the arms of the train crossing are already like coming down and are like hitting the top of this truck that's stuck. Right. So he might have been right behind it, and then it was like, oh, shit, I need to back the fuck up, because this is going to be epic. <laughs> for people that don't know, trains take, like, over a mile to stop, like, when they're, especially when they're moving at, like, close to top speed, those those fucking freighters. Like, they, they for them to fully come to a stop, it's over a mile. So I think in, in cases like that, where they know they'll just derail if they slam on the brakes too hard, they just say, fuck it. Like, you know, what are you going to do? It's it's so little damage to the train relative right. to everything else it, it hits. It goes right, um, right through it. So this was an Amtrak train and a pretty short one at that. But still, like, you hear it. It only hit the whistle a couple times. So it, it probably <laughs> didn't see this thing until it was too late. Right. But I, I had a train that was delayed um, coming out of Chicago by, like, two hours. And we didn't know why it was delayed. Uh, and the, the train got there and the, the front of the train had a, a like a car sized dent in it. And that was it. And, and they could just like replace the nose cone of that thing. And it's, it'd be fine. in like an hour, you'd never even know. Right. So they build those trains, those locomotives that weigh, you know, as much as an apartment building. Uh, there's nothing's, you know, they might derail and fall over, but they're not going to take any real damage. So, uh, kind of like that. You remember the, the, the video of the um they were hauling the the fan blade of like a wind power turbine it's like 120 feet long and that was stuck on the tracks and the train just fucking cleaved it in half Did you see right, that one right yeah, yeah yeah that was that was insane just was just oh, i can watch shit all day fucking. just trains fucking destroying cars i'd love it <laughs> i know we could have some more uh, more trains. We could we could have some more videos of that. That would be nice. Especially, those, <laughs> can you imagine the high speed rail collisions with. The... Oh, you wouldn't. You just oh be like, you feel like a whoosh of air, and be like, "What was that?" And then it just everything it would, would be it, destroyed. It would hit it so far that it, it would hit so fast. I don't think it would like rip through it the way that that did. It would literally like lift it with its force and like send it projectiling. You know, like. like oh, like, just just the cut co- like the cushion of, of air being pushed out of the way would right. Hit it. it would. It would push it up like be like, be like anime, you know, where it's just concussive force. Right. Um, All right. So uh, I think that pre- <laughs> we pretty much hit on what we wanted to hit on today. Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, uh, great news to start the week off uh, with with the death of uh, one of the, the biggest war criminals of the Bush administration uh, in terms of his impact, at least Colin Powell. Um, but yeah, so uh, if you want to help the show out rate and view and subscribe uh wherever you get your podcasts follow us on soundcloud soundcloud.com 
slash move left, facebook.com slash move left idiots, patreon.com slash move left. I am at uh, move underscore left on Twitter. And uh, again, I'm on Twitter at Bike Slutty. Go watch my train collision video. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you next week. Run away.